You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Packernet Podcast. It is so nice to have you. I am your host, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. You know what the best part about winter is? And I know it's not winter, but it's, I mean, it's winter. So I don't, I don't, I don't need you explaining to me what date winter starts. It's cold and it's snowing. It's winter. The best part about winter is that it's almost like you lose an hour of sleep. Because it's so horrible. And it's so dark all the time. And it feels so good under the blankets because the house is just cold all the time. Doesn't matter what the thermostat says, it's just cold. That getting out of bed is like walking up to a dog that likes to bite you. But you gotta do it. It's like, go pet the dog. But it's like, he's gonna bite me though. You gotta pet the dog. Fine. And it takes you six, seven, eight times, but you gotta pet the dog. You know what's bad when you're contemplating calling in sick because you're so tired? Oh, I started thinking about how many sick days I have and what excuses I have. Maybe I'll just use a vacation day. I mean, the car is broke. Could just use that as an excuse. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyways, moving on. So yesterday I posted the uh, stock results. So that episode is up for those of you that are participating. I would encourage as many of you to get in as possible because, quite frankly, I want to see how many people Todd can actually juggle before he says, I can't handle this anymore and we have to figure something else out. No, that's, that's only half the reason I want you to join. It's because it's a lot of fun, and it's free, and why not? But if you're playing, that episode's up. We do have new values also, but there's no game this week, so I don't know if the, it's posted or not. It doesn't need to be. Um, today, I, I, honestly, I don't even know what we're talking about today. We'll, we'll just, um, it's kind of like that Michael Scott thing, right? Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way, like an improv conversation, an improvisation. So that's what today is. Um, as for the Instagram giveaway, we are 22 followers away from our next giveaway. We're going to be starting a new one on Sunday, and we still have two basically to do already. So if we could hurry up and get these done, that'd be great. To at least get to 600 before we get to Sunday, that would be fantastic. Again, whoever, um, once we get to 600, I forget sometimes people are new, although they're gone by now, it's, it's over. But if for some reason you're still sticking around, when we get to 600, there will be a giveaway of either a Chuck Mercine jersey or an 8x10 Johnny Holland uh, picture. You get to choose if you're selected. So that's what that is. Uh, GoFundMe. Really, really appreciate all the donors up to this point. Again, I'd like to emphasize that um, I don't want to take the foot off the gas at all. So any little bit that you can give would be fantastic. We've done a great job up to this point being way ahead of schedule, but I don't want to just coast. So any couple dollars that you've got and can scratch together, I, I, I'm wondering possibly if $5 is a minimum because nobody's done less, but please go check it out. There is a link in the description. Consider giving. Again, the way I set it up, it is not the Packernet giveaway or anything like that. It's Packers fans against cancer. This is not about me or the podcast. This is about us as Packer fans doing something that is kind of awesome and, and trying to be a good, I don't know, just being Packer fans, man. That's just what we are. We're good people. I'm not Eagles fans. Yeah, we complain once in a while about the team when it's not perfect because we're a little bit spoiled, but we're still good people. Yes, I implied Eagles fans aren't good people. I do what I want, man. Get your own podcast. You can just talk about how great everybody is all the time. 
Thirdly, the Packernet merch store is officially up. I posted a couple of the designs, the Jair shirt, as well as the conductor shirt, but there are other designs up. And I say shirt, but that's not necessarily the case. It's maybe somewhat confusing, but if you click on any of the designs, for example, Conductor Z, you can see that there are all different kinds of items. So you got the t-shirt, the toddler t-shirt, the socks. I don't have a lot of socks because it's hard to put a design on a sock, but the Zadarius one's kind of cool because it's like Zadarius on one and a train on the other. I thought it was kind of funny. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, hoodie, kids hoodie, women's t-shirt, kids t-shirt, tank top, you know, all the all the different things that you can get with it. So don't just think it's just a t-shirt. So whatever it is you want. And then there's a bunch of different color options as well. So go peruse it, man. And again, I, I dropped the prices drastically from what they suggested because I don't know, I'm pretty cheap and I saw the price and I'm like, I'm not paying that. And if I didn't want to pay it, then I figured you didn't want to pay it. So I dropped the price. It's also because getting a bunch of t-shirts out to you and having a bunch of people wearing Packernet t-shirts, even though my logo isn't even on it, it should be, but it just makes the shirt less look less cool. So I didn't do it. But having a bunch of people wearing my t-shirts is cooler to me than like making a ton of money. So I just dropped the prices a lot. So some people did buy t-shirts already. The one thing I really, really would love for you to do is take a picture and either share it in the group or just send it to me so I can throw it up on Instagram. Because again, it's just, it's like the, it's like the Packernet army, man. That's, 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 that's what I'm interested in. That's why I like people getting in the Facebook group. I don't make money off the Facebook group. I just like having my people. So go check it out. Um, I also added all of the, what I'm calling pack family line, which nobody really voted for in the group, but I really like it. I'm going to be ordering all of these. There's pack daddy, pack mommy, packer boy, packer girl, and pack baby. I don't have a baby anymore, but, you know, kind of wish I did so I could buy it. I suppose I could. Maybe I'll put Pat, Pack Baby on a smaller t-shirt and give it to my youngest daughter. But I figured that would be awesome to do for, like, family photos, which I don't even like doing, but family photos in my shirts, now it's awesome. And that would be just, I mean, all I, I don't know. I'll try to figure out something awesome to do for you, but if you do a family photo in a Pack Daddy, Pack Mommy, and, and the Pack Family line, I, I don't know what I'll My deepest admiration i don't know but that would be awesome but anyways there is a link to that also in the description under the gofundme so go peruse it there's an all gas no break the jair shirt i think that's about it i gotta tweak some stuff with the the actual packernet shirts because they don't colors aren't working out too well but so far i'm pretty happy with what i've got anyways why don't we take a break and uh we'll talk about the packers if that's all right with you in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We're getting about halfway through November, and I'm going to remind you again, because I just don't want you to miss out on opportunities. If it's not your thing, that's cool. 
But as I said, November is a pretty good sports month. Football, college basketball, basketball, hockey, whatever. If you're into any of that stuff, my bookie's got all the action you need. And pretty much any way that you're interested in doing it, parlays, prop bets, futures, in-game betting, spreads, money lines, totals, it's all right there. And again, you can bet on politics, entertainment, esports, which is massive right now. I wish it was a big thing back when I was playing Goldeneye, man. I'd be, I'd be Ninja. I'm a Goldeneye Ninja. That's what I am. But it's all there. By the way, the Packers, who I believe were plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl, are now plus 800. They're behind, it looks like, the Ravens, the 49ers, uh, the Saints, and the Patriots. They don't put it in order for some reason, but that's the case. So you can bet on them to win the Super Bowl, which, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. You can bet on the division races. Packers are minus 220, Vikings are plus 165. If I got any Bears fans listening that are still dying on that hill, hey, plus 4,000, man, go for it. But whatever you want to do, you can go check it out. And as I've said, if you join right now, my bookie's going to match your first deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000, which means if you put two grand down, you get $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code OVERTIME to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So one of the things, and I've had a couple people kind of reach out and ask, because I, you know, I talked about PFF Day, how the Packers did in regard to just the Packers. But there's other questions as far as how people are doing in regard to everybody else. Right? There's questions about Aaron Jones in the you know, MVP race. What about Zadarius and Preston as compared to other teams? So why don't we take some time and look at how everybody is doing compared to everybody else right now? Right? Where do the Packers stack up? Not necessarily as a team, but as far as the, the individual components. So first of all, looking at uh, passing grades via PFF, Aaron Rodgers right now is second in the NFL. If you look at overall grade, he's actually third because Lamar Jackson with his unbelievable uh, running ability. And can I just say... I simultaneous love and hate, and I haven't even been watching, so I don't legitimately know how good he is, but from what I'm hearing, assuming the hype, which I, you know, the media is sometimes dumb, I'm simultaneously super excited about Lamar Jackson and horrified at the same time. I don't know what it is, but I was hoping so badly for him to just be like a really, really good version of of like Michael Vick all over again, because it's just exciting to watch. Like a guy that can play quarterback, but also can take off. If I didn't already have a vested interest in a different team, I would be a massive Lamar Jackson fan. The biggest problem I have is I just have nightmares about going to the Super Bowl and having Lamar Jackson pull a Colin Kaepernick all over again, where he just dominates on the ground and a little bit through the air, and we just get embarrassed. But him being in the AFC, just tearing it up elsewhere, that's just kind of awesome. And then the fact that he's got like that Hollywood Brown connection, dude, that's just Vic and Deshaun all over again. They had a highlight of Lamar Jackson... It was like, I don't know, first couple plays of the game, just dropping back and launching the 70-yard pass to Hollywood. I'm like, dude, I can't be the only one that's just having flashbacks right now. There was like a two, three-year stretch where that, I I think it was actually like a three-game stretch because I had, I think I had Vic and Deshaun Jackson on my fantasy team. And there was like three weeks in a row, first play of the game, deep pass, like 70 yards to Deshaun Jackson. I mean, it's just, it's that same thing all over again. Now, they, I don't think they ever really went on to win anything, but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there from afar. It's it's an exciting thing because it's it's different and it's cool to have somebody that's that crazy good as a runner, but he's also seventh as far as ju- just passing grade. So he's 
absolutely, absolutely legitimately tearing it up right now. Overall grade, again, he's the second highest graded quarterback in football right now behind Russell Wilson, which is going to upset a lot of people because for some reason people are angry when you say Russell Wilson for MVP right now. He's been the best quarterback in football pretty much all year. But Aaron Rodgers started off as like the 17th best quarterback because he started off rough and he has launched his way up to the second best passer in football, surpassing, I mean, Cousins and Breeze and all these guys. He's tearing it up right now. Brady has fallen to eighth, which really is kind of awesome. Um, because again, if you look at even last year, there was a lot of questions about is the problem Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, wide receivers, some combination of one or the other. PFF graded Aaron Rodgers as basically elite. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's biased. They just love Aaron Rodgers. That's not true. First of all, one of the most famous anti-PFF rants that or people ever went on was the time Aaron Rodgers had a great game and they gave him a low grade because all his passes were basically wide open dink and dunk passes. And they're like, well, that's not, you're not going to get super high grades for that. And then you subtract some of the bad plays and it just it came out to him having like an average game. Maybe it's a flaw in their system, whatever. But the point is, they stick to the system. It's just, it's a system. They don't have bias. It's There's rules, and they just follow grades based on rules. It's not like if I were to do grades, and I'm like, I don't know, that was like a plus two, I guess. That was pretty cool. You see that spin move? It's got to be a plus two, right? I've done grades before. That's more or less, <laughs> that's more or less what it sounded like. But the point is, if you look at the wide receiver grades outside of Devontae Adams, they're not that good. If you look at the completion percentage, which takes into account throwaways, sacks, all this stuff. It's not that high. He's 17th in completion percentage, which is drops and throwaways and sacks and just times when the ball doesn't get to a receiver. He wants it to, but it doesn't. But he is uh, at 2,724 yards, fifth in the NFL right now. Now, that partially has to do with some of these teams having bye weeks and Aaron Rodgers not having a bye week. But he is currently on pace for 4,358 yards which, as I've mentioned before, Aaron Rodgers is not a big yardage guy. And 4,000 isn't crazy yardage. But even even that is, is a pretty good number for him. It would surpass, let's see, 2008, 2010, uh, 2012, uh, 2013, uh, 2014, 2015, 2017, obviously, 2000, well, that's it. It, it. it would be surpassed about half of the years that he's played. One of the things he's usually really high in is touchdowns. He's actually tied for 7th with 17 touchdowns. And he's on pace for only about 27 touchdowns, which sounds bad, but I think we all know exactly why it's so low. Aaron Jones is the reason it's so low. We have a billion rushing touchdowns this year. It's insane how many... The Packers never had rushing touchdowns before. They were like the originators of the throwing it on first and goal from the two-yard line. I mean, they, they kind of started doing it because they were just so good, like Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordy and Cobb and, and these guys with their scramble drill. I mean, it was, just, it was automatic. So just throw it. And then you figure how bad they are at running. But then it got to the point where running was really, really bad and passing just was better, even though it wasn't that good. So it just it became a thing where you just always throw when you get down to the goal line. Now we're scoring on the ground from like the 15-yard line. Like once we get even close to the red zone, hand off the ball, and it's there's a good shot you're getting a touchdown on the ground. So, I mean, some of these stats are not all that important. Aaron Rodgers obviously doing fantastic in regard to interceptions. Um, I don't know of, let's see, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both have two. Again, Russell Wilson's doing a fantastic job. Those are the only two really that have played as long and have as many interceptions. Pat Mahomes is doing a, he's missed a few games, but nearly, I mean, Russell Wilson has had 383 dropbacks. Aaron Rodgers, 385, so almost identical, and they both have two picks. Pat Mahomes has 309, so it's about a game or two-ish worth, but he only has one pick on the season. That's still really impressive. 
Uh, Kirk Cousins has three with about 70 less dropbacks, so eh. Trubisky actually only has three, which is kind of impressive, although his when you throw a pass two yards down the field, it's relatively low risk. Also, limited snaps. Also, he's still trash, so I don't care, and I'm not giving him any credit. <laughs> so, I mean, Ru- Ru- Russell. Aaron Rodgers is doing fantastic, and he's continuing to climb in the rankings. In terms of grades, I mean, he actually made some good progress on Russell Wilson, who had a his worst game of the year this past week against San Francisco. And yeah, maybe it was because of San Francisco, but either way, Russell has another bad game, and Aaron Rodgers continues to do what he's doing. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the top quarterback in football. Looking at our receivers, um, Devontae Adams overall is sixth. I know he missed a bunch of time, but still, uh, he's sixth overall. But as a receiver specifically, he's fourth, so it doesn't take into account, I don't know, fumble grade, drop grade, any of that stuff. It's just as a receiver, route running, catching, all that stuff. I don't, I don't know if catching and dropping. I don't know how that works. But uh, behind number one, Tyreek Hill. Number two, Amari Cooper, which talked a lot of trash, but, I mean, there you go. Number three, Michael Thomas, and number four, Devontae Adams. For reference, and again, I've said be cautious about how much we want to hype people up because, you know, for various reasons. But so far, and we're talking about 24 targets, which is very low, so we'll have to see what happens. But so far, Alan Lazard is ranked 28th, which is to say a legitimate number two option. Again, I'm not looking for an elite wide receiver. I'm just looking for someone that isn't bad. And right now, Alan Lazard, so far in this limited window, being tied with Randall Cobb and Golden Tate in terms of grade, has been a legitimate option. By the way, part of the reason his grade is so high is because of his efforts as a pass blocker, which it's funny because most receivers don't even have pass blocking grades. But in Lafleur's offense, you absolutely have to do it. So we'll see how it goes. After that, the next highest grade is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which if you're saying, well, I thought he was doing bad, well, yeah, he has. He's ranked 86th overall, has a below average grade. The next highest is Geronimo Allison, who is 94th overall with a 56.2 grade. Nobody else has really made the cut because I filtered out people who have such a limited sample size. So, for example, Kumaro hasn't even been targeted enough to have a legitimate assessment of how well he's doing. But again, the, the, the real benefit and strength is the fact that the Packers typically do have a number two. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. Now, I don't actually know if there was one last. Was it? Ku- yeah, well, I think Kumaro last week was the guy. But in terms of having a guy that is just a reliable, you can count on him every week, number two, the only one that's standing out so far, limited sample size, is Alan Lazard. Looking at tight end, we don't have anybody in the top 32, which is usually my gauge of, you know, being a starter. But Jimmy Graham is actually pretty close. He's 35th overall, which... You know, considering his contract suggests he should be, I don't know, maybe the best tight end in football, this is somewhat unacceptable. However, my expectation, he's kind of surpassing with this. (laughs) This is better than I would have expected. He does have a below average grade, but it's pretty close to average. His best attribute is actually his blocking, mostly his pass blocking. He's done a fair enough job. 27 receptions, 310 yards, 3 touchdowns isn't the worst thing ever. He's actually 13th in yards right now and is 6th in touchdowns, tied with a billion people. Looking at rushing, which is where this gets kind of fun. Overall grades, which is running, receiving, fumbling, blocking, all that stuff. Josh Jacobs, the rookie, is number one. Crazy, crazy. Christian McCaffrey is number two. Aaron Jones, number three. Now, Josh Jacobs is number one because of his running specifically. 
He has an elite rushing rate. In terms of just running the football, Aaron Jones is ranked 7th behind Ezekiel Elliott, Philip Lindsay, Tony Pollard, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacob. Just as pure runners. Looking at rushing yards, Aaron Jones is currently 13th with 583 yards. There are three running backs that already have over 900 yards. Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook. That's just on the ground. Not talking about receiving. You've got four other backs with 800 yards. Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry, and Josh Jacobs. How is Leonard Fournette so quiet? So there's going to be a lot of running backs with over 1,000 yards very, very quickly. Uh, Aaron Jones is just a little over halfway there. So anyways... Yards per attempt, Aaron Jones is actually uh, 18th right now at 4.4, which really is the lowest of his career. His first two years, he averaged 5.5 yards per carry. This year is only 4.4, but I do anticipate that getting somewhat higher because a lot of this has to do with him starting the year slower. He's also had some bad games mixed in. Right, we've had games where you know it doesn't feel like it because the the running backs have been so good, but there were games where Jamal basically carried all the weight, and there were games where it was basically throwing to the running backs, that was the main feature, the main thing that made him so good, as opposed to running the ball. So it hasn't just been that he's been great on the ground all year long. Touchdowns, Aaron Jones is tied with Christian McCaffrey for number one. Dalvin Cook has 10. Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey have 11. After that, there's a pretty big drop-off. Mark Ingram has eight, and Derrick Henry have eight. Um, He's tied for 11th in uh, first downs acquired. He is 14th right now for 10-plus yard runs with 13. Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook have 25. Yards after contact, Aaron Jones is 12th. He has uh, 396 of his yards after contact, which is 2.96 per attempt. And by the way, I'm keeping my eyes out to see if Jamal is in the mix on any of these, and he hasn't been so far, even on this per attempt thing. But uh, Aaron Jones is 22nd on yards after contact per attempt. And he is 7th overall in avoided tackles. He has 32 avoided tackles this year. Chris Carson is leading everyone with 49 avoided tackles. Also behind, again, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. It's the same guys over and over. Fumbles, however, he just has the one, which is pretty solid. Uh, Josh Jacobs has zero. Christian McCaffrey also only has one. But Derrick Henry has three. Dalvin Cook has two. Nick Chubb has three. Chris Carson has six fumbles. So if you want to know why he isn't higher up, that would be why. So Aaron Jones is obviously doing fantastic, and, and his ability to sustain what he's been doing is going to help him rise through the ranks. But there is some really, 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 really tough competition out there as far as, you know, what guys are doing. You know, we, we've got several that are nearly at 1,000 at the 10-week mark. Looking at uh, receptions for running backs, right now Aaron Jones is fifth. He has 360 yards, so fifth in yards I'm talking about. Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, James White, and Christian McCaffrey, again, some of the same names are higher. It's actually very close with Christian McCaffrey, 396, only about 36 yards, or exactly 36 yards more. Dalvin Cook, however, has 424 yards through the air. Looking at touchdown, Austin Eckler is leading all running backs with six touchdowns. Jamal Williams is second in the NFL with five touchdowns. Aaron Jones is tied for third with three touchdowns. So second and third most touchdowns in the NFL, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Obviously, the combined total of eight touchdowns by running backs is way higher than anybody else. Actually, let me confirm that. Yeah, Melvin Gordon only has one, so that would be seven. So they're one less. Uh, Jamal also has is fifth right now in reception percentage. So how many times when he's thrown to does he catch it? 25 of 27, which is 92.6%. Really, really incredible what he's doing. I mean, Aaron Jones deserves a lot of credit for his ability to 
become a better receiver, but Jamal has unbelievably stepped up his game. In fact, if, if we just look at receiving grade right now, Jamal Williams is third overall behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. Aaron Jones is fourth. So the third and fourth highest graded receiving backs in football are Green Bay Packers running backs. That's really just incredible. Uh, yards per reception, Aaron Jones is 11th with 10 yards per reception. Yards after the catch, Aaron Jones is 5th, 338 yards after the catch. Yards after the catch per reception, he is tied for 8th with 9.4 per reception, which is pretty incredible because he only has 10 yards per reception, which is to say 0.6 yards of his receiving average is through the air. He does the rest on his own. Aaron Jones also has the second longest uh, receiving play of all running backs. Derrick Henry was his first with a 75-yard uh, reception. Aaron Jones is second with 67 yards. Passing first downs from running backs, Aaron Jones tied for six with 14. Jamal Williams is 12th with 11. So that's 25 first downs that we got by throwing to our running backs. And I've, I've said this before, but this is one of those things, and there's a lot of different things you could point to to say, if this doesn't happen, we aren't as good as we are. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams becoming ridiculously prominent receiving threats is he, 25 first downs. I mean, you just think how incredibly important a first down is. Those times when you need to keep a drive alive on third down, if you know we, we need to get a score, we need to stay ahead, we need to catch up, whatever it is, and they check down to a running back and we get 25 of our first downs by throwing to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams through 10 weeks. That's incredible. Passer rating when targeted, uh, Jamal Williams is ranked third with a 131.9 passer rating when targeted. Aaron Jones is sixth with a 120.8. Oh, I'm sorry. Sixth with a 123.5. I was looking at Wayne Gallman. So just, I saw somebody on Twitter say something to the effect of what what are the three things that have surprised you most about the team? And I was going to say, well, that's easy. It's like Zadarius and Preston. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. And you start thinking about it. It's like, well, uh, wait a minute. What about that? What about that? There's a lot of things. You know, Elton Jenkins has been surprising. Aaron Jones just in general, Jamal Williams in general has been surprising, especially as a receiver. Aaron Jones as a receiver. Aaron Jones' touchdowns, the fact that we get so many touchdowns by Aaron Jones running the ball, the fact that he's basically automatic in the red zone. There's a lot of things that are just shocking, but the, the, the pairing of Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones has been just unbelievable for this team this year. And is also a big benefit in terms of, you know, having lesser talent at wide receiver. There's a lot of things, right? We have a lot of guys that are somewhat capable, so somebody steps up, and that's good. We got Devontae Adams, who's really good, which helps compensate. We have Aaron Rodgers, who's really good, which helps compensate. But we also have these running backs who have become really good receivers and are really, really good on the ground. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Looking at blocking, since we're on backs here, specifically um, just at running back, Danny Vitale is actually the second highest graded pass blocking back in football right now. So, you know, I was kind of hard on him in terms of him not being what we wanted him to be. But if you're a fullback that is this good at pass blocking, you absolutely have a role on this team. Now, the biggest problem is he's primarily a run blocker, and he is absolutely horrible at that, or at least has been up to this point. But yeah, second highest graded pass blocker uh, of any back. I'm not, not just fullbacks, any back. Uh, tight end, since we're on the blocking thing, Jimmy Graham is 23rd in pass blocking, which, again, isn't bad for a guy that everybody says is the worst, most garbage pass blocker in the history of the universe, but he's a good receiver. That's kind of the whole thing kind of coming into this. And I mentioned even last year, he's actually a better pass blocker than people are giving him credit for, but it stayed a joke and everything else. I mean, this isn't great. 23rd isn't anything to write home about, but this is not what anybody would expect from him. He's also the highest graded 
pass-blocking tight end on the team. Uh, he's also the highest-graded run-blocking tight end on the team. Mercedes Lewis is actually one spot below him, so Jimmy Graham is 15th, Mercedes Lewis is 16th, which really speaks kind of low of Mercedes Lewis. And I, I don't, you know, I, I really like Mercedes. I think he is a, a that leadership presence, but, you know, at some point, you, you, I, I, he was here to be a really good blocker. He hasn't been. He wasn't last year. He hasn't been this year. 16th best run-blocking tight end is okay, but when Jimmy Graham is a better run-blocking tight end than you and a better receiver than you and a better pass-blocker than you, eh. I mean, I know he's getting paid less, and that, you know, as far as value, but just, I mean, why? What What are we doing here? Again, I like Mercedes. I'm just, I'm just reading it. Looking at offensive line, David Bakhtiari, as I mentioned, has had somewhat of a rough year, but he's still the third highest graded pass blocker in football right now. Mostly it's been his run blocking struggles, a lot of penalties this year. Just doesn't seem like he's been himself, but still a a top pass blocker right now. Ronnie Stanley and Laramie Tunsil are currently higher. Don't know why Miami got rid of Laramie Tunsil. I'll never under Well, it's for draft pick. They already had draft pick. I, I just, I don't get it. What are you going to do with your draft pick? Try to get somebody as good as Laramie Tunsil? Because it's not going to work. You're not going to draft somebody who is the second best pass blocker in football. Not going to happen. That was so dumb. That was so dumb. I mean, and it's a cornerstone piece. I mean, if you've got an elite linebacker you can trade for a a first-round pick, maybe, because you would take a pretty good left tackle or a a starting guard franchise left tackle, even if he's only like the eighth or ninth or tenth best blocking tackle, you would take that over a great linebacker, probably. This is a cornerstone position. What are you doing? Even in a rebuild, that's dumb because you're going to rebuild with quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher. That's one of those pieces you need, and you had it, and you gave it away. I mean, you're just trying to be bad for the next 10 years or what? So dumb. So dumb. Anyways, Brian Balaga right now is ranked 24th. Let's not forget PFF doesn't adjust for competition. He has had an absolute onslaught facing the absolute best pass rushers in football this year, and he's held up really, really well. Um, And 24th isn't bad. He's also dipped a little bit these last couple weeks, which has kind of hurt him somewhat. But no question he's been a very, very good uh, tackle for us this year. Run blocking is where Brian Balaga has really stood out, um, something that the Packers have never really been good at. Brian Balaga is currently ranked 7th overall among all tackles in run blocking. Aaron Jones almost exclusively seems to be running to the right, which, I mean, that generally is your stronger side anyway, but I have a feeling Brian Balaga is a big part of that. And I don't know what exactly we're going to do with Brian Balaga. I mean, presumably we would re-sign him because he's so good, but, you know, the whole he's on constant veteran rest, I mean, is he going to hold up? That would be my biggest concern, but I, of course I want to keep him. He's been unbelievable. David Bakhtiari, on the other hand, is ranked 36th as a run blocker. It's just not his thing, man. He's just, he's, he's a freak of a pass blocker. And back when this team did nothing but throw, yeah, the guy was just, he was easily the number one tackle in football. But when it's getting closer to 50-50 and you're averaging your grade out based on your ability to run block and your ability to pass block, it's going to kind of negatively affect you a little bit. But he's still what he always was, a crazy good pass blocker. Looking at guards, overall grades right now, and I talked about Elton Jenkins being a surprise, our second round pick. He is currently the 18th highest graded guard in all of football just overall grade, 18th best. That's pretty solid. I mean, he's above the guy we paid a billion dollars to, Billy Turner. Billy, by the way, is ranked overall 34th, and I think he's had a little bit of a resurgence as far as starting to play a little bit better, so he's kind of getting into that range of being a legit, you know, second guard. I was kind of hoping he'd be like a top 10 the way we paid him, but it seems like he's kind of getting it figured out a little bit. I'm getting a little bit tired of watching him chase people from behind as they tackle Aaron Rodgers because he's not a great pass blocker. 
In fact, he's ranked uh, 56th out of 84 total um, guards in pass blocking. It has not been very good. Elton Jenkins, on the other hand, is ranked 17th in pass blocking. Elton Jenkins has given up 10 pressures on the entire season. Billy Turner has given up 27. Now, he's played less, but still. Let's not try to pretend it's close. In fact, Billy Turner has given up the second most pressures of any guard in football. Dan Feeney with the Chargers is the only guard who has given up more pressures with 30. So that's not good, man. I mean, Billy Turner just is not doing a good job. In terms of run blocking, that's where Billy Turner somewhat shines. Um, He is ranked 22nd. Elton Jenkins is ranked 23rd. Now, both of their grades are basically average. But again, run blocking is not typically a strength. Now, there are some guys that are just freaks. Brandon Brooks, Quentin Nelson, Brandon Scherf. These guys are really, really good run blockers. But outside of nine guys that have good grades, everybody is average, below average, or bad. So they're decent, right? Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, 22nd, 23rd. That's fine. Finally, Corey Lindsley. And I I have a hard time deciding whether or not he's good. (laughs) The only reason I say that, the highest graded center in all of football his overall grade is a 72.5. So Corey Lindsley is always graded really high among centers, but no centers are really graded very high. I mean, it's just literally Frank Ragnall with the Detroit Lions is the highest graded center, and he's not even that good. There's, let's see, three, four, five guys with 70-plus grades. J.C. Treader, Rodney Hudson, Chase Roulier, Eric McCoy, Frank Ragnall. But either way, I mean, it just it hasn't been all that great. Um, he's got an average overall grade, average pass blocking grade, average run blocking grade. So, I mean, it's it's fine, I guess. Certainly not his best year ever. These past two weeks have actually been really bad as far as pass blocking. Um, so hopefully that doesn't continue. But if this track continues, he's on track to have his worst year ever, which is pretty bad because I remember in 2017, he took a step back and it's like, oh man, what happened to Corey? And then he bounced back in 2018. It's like, oh, there he is. You know, I mean, it, it, just look at his pass blocking grades since 2014. This is when he started. 83, 80, 78, 73, 85 last year, which is his best year ever. This year, 68, which is five points lower than his lowest ever. It's also going to be, so far, his worst run-blocking year. Now, you know, new offensive coach, new scheme, new everything. But as I mentioned, Corey Lindsley is right at the top of my list of guys that probably aren't going to be around. He is under contract in 2020, but let's not forget, Elton Jenkins was originally a center, so they can slide him to center anytime they want. So they can either draft a center, they can draft a guard, or we can just roll with what we got. We still have Lane Taylor. He is under contract through 2020, and Corey Lindsley is due $10.5 million next year. I just don't see how he's worth that. The Packers can save $8.5 million by dumping Corey Lindsley, and they may not even have to do that if, by chance, they decide to trade him. Obviously, we're after the trade deadline now, but, you know, who knows how they're going to end up handling this. I just, I, I don't know. And maybe may, maybe maybe they'll keep him. You know, they kept Jimmy Graham, so who knows. But I just, if, if it's me, would I rather recoup the $8.5 million and get somebody else that can play center, which you can probably draft in the fourth round? I mean, that's, where, where was Corey Lindsley drafted? He was in the fifth round. I mean, set, centers go relatively late. I mean, some of them go early, second round-ish guys, but eh, some of those guys aren't even that good anyways. I don't know. He, he's fine. If we keep him, that's fine. He can do the job. I just don't see a reason we need to pay ten and a half million dollars for a guy that's putting out average production we can't get an average center for less than ten and a half million dollars i feel like we probably can and again it could also be a guard or just nobody we can put lane taylor back at guard who's not as good but we're just looking at trying to save a little bit of money here and put elton jenkins at center i don't know i'm just just talking out loud here 
Anyways, why don't we very quickly take a break before we go through some of these defenders, because I am rapidly running out of time. Take a break. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. It's time to pull out your Vivid Seats apps. Why? I don't know. Find something to do. You're just sitting there not doing anything. Don't give me that I'm at work stuff. You're not doing anything. Get your phone out. Of course, it's already out. You're staring at it on Facebook. Just close that for a second. Open up the Vivid Seats app. Find out what's going on this weekend. There's no Packers. You can't just sit there and cry. You got to find something to do. Find a concert. Find a fun event you can take the kids to. Circus or something. I don't know. Cirque du Soleil. Whatever it is, Vivid Seats is going to have those seats for you. Fortunately for you, because you downloaded the Vivid Seats app, you're automatically enrolled in the loyalty program so that you can earn credit back and Vivid Seats reward. So that when you do something next week and then the next week and then the next week because you like to have fun in your life, you can save even more money. Every purchase, again, is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So make sure you download the app, join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. So let us start with defensive linemen. We'll just kind of go interior and work our way outward, or at least something to that effect. Um, I've mentioned the struggles of Kenny Clark. Um... You know, for a guy that was a top five or top ten defensive tackle pretty much since he joined the league, to be sitting down here at 35th overall is really just a giant gut check. Now, to be fair, stuff is kind of weird this year. Linval Joseph of the Minnesota Vikings is 36th, one spot behind Kenny Clark. Eddie Goldman, who last year was this big up-and-coming, whatever, great this, that, or the other, 37th. I don't know what's going on in the NFC North, but defensive tackles are not getting it done necessarily. In fact, shockingly, because defensive line... Not necessarily defensive tackle, but defensive line. You'll, you think about Detroit's defensive line is real good, or at least they were. Minnesota with Linval Joseph, uh, the Packers with Kenny Clark, the Bears with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. The highest graded NFC North defensive tackle that I can find here is Akeem Hicks at 31st overall. There's one NFC North defensive tackle in the top 32, and it's Akeem Hicks, and he's barely in the top 32. NFC North DTs are just straight-up trash this year for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Uh, specifically looking at run defense, not surprisingly, I can't even find a Packer on here. Tyler Lancaster is the highest-graded run-defending defensive tackle. He's 44th overall. Now, I mean, this is Kenny Clark's bread and butter, man. This is what he does. He's a really good run defender. He just isn't doing it. And, I, I you know, maybe the, the Mike Daniels thing is having a really big impact, not him not being there or whatever. I don't know. But I know he faced double teams last year. And I know it didn't matter. He stopped everybody. So something's up. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a change in scheme. I don't know. But it's just, it's not good. And maybe it's time for Mike Patton to reevaluate his scheme. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That or get different players. But we got to find a way to get you. I mean, one of the biggest things is find a way to get your guys who are really good into positions to succeed. And when you got guys like Jair, who's really good, not having a lot of success, and when you have guys like Kenny Clark not having a lot of success, you have Adrian Amos having one of his worst years ever. It's still a good defense, but your playmakers, the guys that are really good, are not having success. That's not a good sign. You look at the Vic Fangio defense, you had guys that weren't even that good having a lot of success because he put his guys in players in situations to succeed. This is feeling almost like the Mike McCarthy offense where it's, we're just going to beat you because we're better. Put your guys in a situation to succeed. Do what they do best. I don't know. Just just talking out loud here. I don't I don't know. It's frustrating to see Kenny Clark not anywhere near. I mean, he's 74th. 74th is where he is overall run defense. That's not good. Um, tackling, actually, we got somebody in the top 20, and it's Montrevious Adams. So props to him. He's doing something right. 
horrific run defender. Not a very good pass rusher, but he's tackling people when, when he gets near somebody, so that's a plus. Pass rush is the one saving grace here. Kenny Clark is still a top 10 pass rusher in football right now. The stats don't necessarily reflect it, at least the, the sacks don't. He's only got three via PFF, but he is ninth overall. He has 41 pressures, which is a really big number. It's actually third in the NFL behind Calais Campbell and Aaron Donald. So that's some pretty solid company to be in. His 36 quarterback hurries are number one in the NFL. Aaron Donald has 30. So most of his pressures are coming by way of hurries. In other words, he's not actually getting to the quarterback. You know, He's not touching the quarterback, but he is hurrying the quarterback. And he's doing it at a pretty significant rate. Again, six hurries above the number two guy who happens to be Aaron Donald. Um, he's also, what, tied for 12th in tackles, so he is getting a lot of guys down. Dean Lowry is tied for 12th in missed tackles, so congratulations on making a list there, Dean. Or four, if I said five. He had four missed tackles. He's tied for 12th. He's actually tied with Kenny Clark. To be fair, though, they're also tied with Aaron Donald, so give him a little bit of leeway there. But, you know, be nice if Dean showed up on any other list other than missed tackles. Uh, Kenny is 15th in stops, which, again, are just significant tackles, right, behind the line of scrimmage or less than three yards or four yards on first down, et cetera, et cetera. Moving on to edge rushers now. As far as overall grades, Adarius is the highest with 16th. He is in the very good category. Only one guy is in the elite category. That's TJ Watt. Yes, TJ, not JJ. Oh, I just got everybody all fired up now, didn't I? Should have got TJ. I love that little battle. I'm not even on the we should have got TJ Watt bandwagon, even though I did like him. I just like perpetuating that. I don't know why. I don't like when Packer fans fight. Maybe it's just because it annoys Kevin King fans. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, every time Kevin King has a good day, what do you hear? Oh, where's all the TJ Watt fans? Where's all the TJ Watt guys now? Guess who had a pick to win the game? TJ Watt's the number one rated pass, or, yeah, pass rusher in football. So I don't think they went anywhere. The guy has 11 sacks on the season. 11! He is ahead of Nick Bosa and J.J. Watt. Ahead of, as far as overall grades. If you're curious what Preston is, Preston is graded at 59th overall. Run defense, not surprisingly, nobody is really doing a good job. Uh, Zadarius is ranked 43rd overall. This is where Preston was supposed to shine. Again, I'm not complaining because he's getting a bunch of sacks, and that's awesome, but this was supposed to be his bread and butter, and he's, he's not quite as good. Maybe it's because he's playing more aggressive. I don't know. I'll make excuses for him because he's doing a great job. Uh, Rashawn Gary is our next highest at 52nd overall. Preston is graded 78th, so just not good. Tackling is another area where everybody is trash. Preston Smith is our highest-graded tackler with a below-average grade and is 53rd overall. Next is Rashawn Gary, who is uh, 68th, tied with Vince Beagle. And uh, Zadarius is 82nd with a abysmal tackling grade. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll give passes, but there's still room for improvement, which is a positive thing, right? Imagine being this good as a pass rusher, and you also have room to improve as far as like tackling people when they're by you. Pass rush grade. There are five people with elite grades. None of them are Packers. However, Zadarius is ninth overall, 83.9 overall pass rushing grade. Preston Smith is graded 17th. This is really what matters. You get a pass rusher that can get to the quarterback. It's sort of like Bakhtiari and run blocking. It's like, I'm a little disappointed, and maybe you could get better, and that'd be cool if you did. But, I'm, I mean, obviously, I, I kind of don't care. It's pretty much where I'm at right now on that. And then coverage, shockingly, Zadarius Smith is actually 23rd. Preston was supposed to be... Basically, Zadarius was never supposed to drop into coverage because that's just not his thing. And Preston would do it because he's better at it. He's a little more agile. Whatever. He was going to be the more versatile guy, you know? But um, no, Zadarius is 23rd. Kyler is 37th, which kind of makes sense because that's sort of his thing too. 
Preston is 113th. Rashawn Gary is 116th. This is out of 119 total edge rushers. By the way, Clay Matthews is dead last. He's doing pretty good as far as getting to the quarterback and whatnot, but um, dead last in coverage. He has been just the worst. Looking at some of these statistics, man, I am I am 100% out of time. We got to go here. Uh, Zadarius Smith is second in the NFL behind Daniil Hunter, so he is catching up. He has 57 total pressure. Daniil Hunter is, is quite a ways ahead with 64. Preston is all the way down at 19, though, with 38 pressures. So again, he's getting a lot of sacks, but it's kind of getting into the Kyler Fackrell territory to where, you know, more than one quarter of his pressures are comprised of sacks, which again is fine. You continue bringing these sacks, that's great, but he's not getting that many pressures overall. So it's basically like he's not there, he's not really having an impact on the game, and then boom, sack. So to illustrate that point a little further, Zedarius has 57 pressures, 9 sacks. Preston has 38 pressures, 10 sacks. So Preston has one more sack than um, than Zedarius, who has like 20 more pressures. But in the sack race, Shaquille Barrett and Chandler Jones have uh, 12. TJ Watt has 11. Preston Smith with 10. And then Zedarius is tied with a bunch of people at 9. As far as pass rush duo, it's really not even close, I don't think. I mean, where's Minnesota at? Daniil has 9. Everson Griffin is down to 7. So the Packers have 19. So 19 to 16. And then hits on the quarterback. Zedarius is 3rd with 12 quarterback hits. Preston has uh, 8, tied for 11. Hurries, Zadarius Smith is fourth with 36. Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter have 37 and 46, so they are getting a lot of hurry. Preston is just not on this list, because if he's near you, he's just going to sack you. That's that's kind of his strategy, and I'm good with it. Uh, we're just going to move on from there, because again, no time. I don't even think I'm going to look at linebacker, because Blake is just not doing anything. Corners right now. Uh, Tremont and Chandon Sullivan are the two highest graded corners that we have. Chandon is rated 17th overall. Tremont is 18th. Jair is all the way down to 35th. He has had a rough stretch for a while now. Beyond that, though, his tackling and run defense grades are just so abysmally low that it's really hurting his grade overall. In terms of coverage, again, most underrated player on the team, Tremont Williams, is graded uh, ninth overall. Top 10 cornerback in coverage right now, Tremont Williams. Uh, Chandon Sullivan, 19th. Jair, 20th. So when you just look at isolate coverage, which you know is similar to pass rush, sacks and pressures, and left tackle pass blocking. We have three top 20 corners, if you want to include Chandon Sullivan. Limited sample size, but still 150 snaps is not insignificant. He's at 100 snaps in coverage. The next highest graded corner is Kevin King, who is 72nd in coverage right now. In terms of statistics, Kevin King is third with interceptions with three. Kevin King is also fifth in pass breakups, so he has surpassed Jair. Kevin King has seven pass breakups. Oh, what am I talking about? Jair's still second. I was like, well, how could he fall that far? I don't know how I missed him. He has 11, but he, he hasn't done much recently, but he's still, because of how amazing he was to start the year, um, he's surpassed by Shaquille Griffin, but he is still second with 11 pass breakups. So getting their hands on a lot of football, still doing a really good job. Again, two top five guys in pass breakup. Kevin King, top three in interceptions. In terms of general coverage, we've got Chandon, Jair and Tremont who are doing a really good job. So, you know, things like run defense, you know, other auxiliary, auxiliary things, maybe not super great, but whatever. Coverage is what matters the most. Finally, looking at safety, Adrian Amos is graded 21st overall. Darnell Savage is all the way down to 48th. He has not really had a good game since early in the season. I mean, it's kind of emblematic of the defense as a whole, right? Started off real hot, real exciting, and then just kind of fallen off, with the exception of guys like Zadarius. I would say Preston, but he's had two bad weeks in a row. So guys are trending the wrong way, and that needs to come back around. 
And Darnell Savage is one of those guys that needs to step it up. In terms of run defense, um, Adrian Amos 19th, Will Redmond 26th, so that's pretty solid. Um, Darnell Savage is 58th, which is not great. We do have Ibrahim Campbell, though. Uh, he's not going to be on this list because he doesn't have enough snaps, but obviously he's off to a good start and can help a lot in that regard. Tackling Adrian Amos is actually fifth, so you know that was one of the things about him coming here is that he's a real sure tackler, and he's held up to that very, very well. Kevin Byer, Jeff Heath, Ju- Justin Simmons, Jamal Adams are the only safeties higher. The guy that I really like, Taylor Rapp, who was just a freak of a tackler, is actually sixth. Everybody else is really terrible at it. And then finally, coverage, an area that nobody is really excelling at. Adrian Amos is 33rd, Darnell Savage is 43rd, Will Redmond is 76th. So that's an area that needs to improve a little bit. Not not abysmal, right? Adrian Amos at 30, uh, 33rd and Darnell at 43rd with a lot of room to improve. It's not horrible, but you'd like it to be a little bit better. Right? We've seen worse. We've seen guys outside of the top 100 and just the worst DBs in the history of the world. But you got Jair, you got Darnell, you got a lot of speed, you got Adrian Amos who's really intelligent, you got a lot of things working in your favor. They can get better. Hopefully they will get better. We'll, we'll kind of see how this goes, I guess. Um, as far as interceptions, not a whole lot. Nobody has more than one. Uh, pass breakups, however, Adrian Amos is tied for fourth with four pass breakups. Only three guys have more than four. Harrison Smith has five, Buda Baker has six, and Justin Simmons has seven. So it's not a lot, but it's it's pretty significant. So anyways, I got to get going. I'm way, way, I'm 15 minutes over time. I'm going to be late today. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.